Come on, let's thank God today for the voices of hope. Come on, we're so grateful and thankful to the Lord. God has allowed our moments to roll on just a little while longer. How many of you know God's been preparing you? Anybody glad? Sometimes you don't see it in the midst of experiencing it, but God has been preparing you for where you are now and is preparing you for where God is taking you. We greet you today in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Love to the family. Thank God for his love that we can share with one another. Come on, if God's been good to you, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Uh, before we go further, I want us to keep in prayer the family of Deacon Rudolph Wilson. Deacon Rudy Wilson went home to be with the Lord. And uh, Deacon Wilson made a request. He didn't want a homegoing service or anything. Uh, he just told him, he said, man, that, that's an empty shell. Y'all can just take it right on to the cemetery. And uh, his daughters, Rochelle and Rhonda, um, you know, were struggling a little bit because they wanted to honor their father's wishes, but they also know how many of us uh, loved and cared for Deacon Wilson and his years here at the Good Hope Church. A whole lot of us learned how to play golf with Deacon Wilson. He taught us how to play golf and was one of the uh, integral parts of the golf ministry and the scholarship that came out of that golf ministry. Uh, some of you who are newer members uh, know the Thomases took it to another level, but that's where it got its start. Deacon Wilson would take you out to Tom Bass Park with a, a bag of old balls and just have you hitting balls. Didn't know what I was doing at the time. Still don't know what I'm doing, but I know a little more than I did then. And uh, he had such a gift of encouragement you know, you'd hit the ball, man, and it just dribble forward, you know, just a few feet. He said, oh, man, great job, great job. And I said, man, that ball's supposed to take off. He said, no, 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 you got to start somewhere, Pastor. You got to start somewhere. At least you're going in the right direction. He said, you're going. <laughs> he said, at least the ball's not going backwards or to the side. You're going in the right direction. And, um, and so we're grateful and thankful, though, for his life. Um, I told his daughters, I said, listen, y'all don't have to worry about anything. Nobody's going to look at y'all funny because anybody that knew Rudy Wilson knows he was a different kind of guy. Amen. And so we're not blaming the daughters or anything for not doing They did what their daddy asked them to do. And it's just under a year when Sister Ann Wilson, Deaconess Ann Wilson, their mother went home to be with the Lord. So to lose both their mother and father within a year. Uh, we know is a difficult thing. So we certainly want to pray for Rochelle, play, pray for Rhonda, uh, pray for uh, their grandchild, Ashley. Uh, pray that God will uh, keep them and strengthen them throughout this difficult time. Rooted and grounded, make some noise. Man, last, last week we had such a, a great time at the, uh, at the 10 o'clock service so much so that I want to share it with you on today. So uh, last week we had Sister Naya Holder with us, Sister Naya Holder. You may or may not be aware of the fact that we had people in seven different states around the country who were part of our 
discipleship groups. And Naya Holder uh, arguably lived the furthest away. She lives in Hawaii and was part of uh, Sister Deaconess Wilridge's group. And man, just loved the group. And it, it was a tremendous story. And I interviewed her a little bit on last week. So I want to share that with you this morning, all right? Let's hear from uh, Sister Naya Holder and her rooted and grounded experience. Naya, how are you doing? Good. I thought I was just going to sneak in the back, but Sister Wanda was like, I put the word out. Everyone knows you're coming to <laughs> Okay, so tell us how you found out about Good Hope because one of the things that I have been stressing is that we have to embrace God doing something new and doing something different in the day and time that we are living in. So talk about how you even found out about Good Hope to even get here in the first place. Well, Easter is big for me and my family. Uh, my sister and I just moved from New York. She now lives here in Houston. I moved to Hawaii, so my, my mom is just losing her mind. She's like, both of my girls are just like out of the house. What are we going to do? So I figured um, I'd go see my sister in Houston for Easter, and I was looking up churches in the area, and I stumbled across Good Hope. I was like, oh, this has a good name. Let me check it out. So um, I go on the website, look at a couple of sermons, really, really love the messages, um, came on Easter, uh, was warmly welcomed and learned about Rooted and Grounded when I was here. I was lucky enough to be here the following Sunday. Uh, met my uh, the women in my Rooted and Grounded group, and from there I was able to participate virtually for the re remainder of the session. So, so, so now one of the things you said was that you all, you came, you just happened to be here. Just happened. It was a, <laughs> not a coincidence, it's a God incident, y'all. <laughs> so you just happened to be here two straight weeks, and you heard about Rooted and you signed up. And one of the things that encouraged you was that it was online, that you wouldn't have to be present to participate. Yeah. Or, and just the fact that I was able to first meet my group here. We were able to have lunch together. I was able to see everyone and then be able to, you know, connect. So that combination yeah. um, was really powerful. So, so tell me about your service project, because you couldn't do your service project with your group, but we encourage people to serve wherever they are or whatever opportunity God gives them to serve. So tell us about your service project. Yeah, so I was able to, um, I was in New York at the time when we were all supposed to do our service projects. And so Sister Wanda in our group text was like, you done your service project yet? I'm like, oh, I'm trying to figure it out. I, I need to figure out which city I'm going to be in first. <laughs> um, but lucky enough, I was able to go to um, uh, a food bank back at my, my church in, in the Bronx and be able to serve there one morning. So I sent my selfie in. I was like so proud of myself. I was like, I did my service project too. Um, so, you know, I think the thing is, is like once you're committed and you, you know, you're part of a group where everyone is really sharing and being vulnerable and honest about where they are on their walk with Christ, like that, I just needed that foundation. Um, and I was really lucky. Well, I, it's not luck, you know, it, it is really God yeah. um, ordaining that steps and connecting me with my, my, my group. So yeah. I'm really grateful for that. So I'm going to tell you how small the world is. I asked um, Naya and her sister what church were they connected with in the Bronx. And uh, she said uh, Trinity Baptist Church. 
which was pastored at the time with, by uh, Dr. Nathaniel Tyler Lloyd, who has gone home to be with the Lord. His daughter has succeeded him there. And I told him, I said, you know, it's interesting. Years ago, as an associate minister, I had an opportunity to preach there for Dr. Lloyd. And um, matter of fact, I think they were in a building renovation project or something. But uh, Dr. Lloyd was so well respected in the city, and I was so honored and humbled that he asked this little young neophyte preacher to come and preach at the church. Uh, a mentor of mine recommended me to him, and he had me to come. And so we talked about how small the world it is. Share with us just for a moment what the Rooted Group meant to you in terms of your walk with God and just this next phase of your journey with the Lord. I'm in a time in my life where I feel nothing but rooted. I am um, traveling a lot, doing a lot, trying to figure out my purpose in God. And I knew that every Monday night I'd have my ladies to connect with. Shout out to Sister Deborah, you know where you are, all your jokes. <laughs> um, but just having that foundation and having the structure of, you know, daily um, scriptures to read allowed me to be grounded wherever I was. Um, I'm still moving around a lot. Uh, and in the midst of, of all of that, it's easy to get lost, distracted, um, feel like you aren't really hearing God's voice because of all the noise. And I was really grateful for the space and the time to just be present, to really connect with other women who are also on that journey. And um, we're all in different places in our lives. And I was able to ask questions. I'm, I consider myself a baby Christian. Uh, I got rebaptized in January of this year. And so being able to be surrounded by women who have been on this journey much longer than me, ask, ask questions um, and have those questions answered and just to truly know and hear God's voice um, has been such a gift. And uh, I remember just sharing on our, our last session cannot believe it's been 10 weeks and I've been able to get to know you all. We haven't been physically in the same place, but I'm so, so grateful for friends that I know that whenever I'm in Houston, call up Sister Wanda, have lunch with Sakile, you know, anyone. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Come on, y'all show some love to Sister Naya Holder. <laughs> Come on, y'all show us some love. What a blessing. Thank you so much. What, what a great testimony. Um, for those of you who have not participated in Rooted and Grounded yet, I, I'm telling you, you're missing a blessing in your life. We're going to launch coming up in the fall. We changed our schedule because we went from our pilot groups to our church-wide launch. Now we're going worldwide. Everybody say worldwide. We're being watched in over 143 different countries around the world. And so now we are offering the opportunity to those who are around the world to experience what it means to be discipled and to disciple others, to experience what it means to live out the scripture in Proverbs that iron can sharpen iron, that one believer can make another believer better. 
And so we're excited about it, looking forward to what God is going to do. Now, last week, I asked you all to pray for what? Pray for who? Friends, right? I asked you to start making a list of friends that you, however you define friends, friends that you would invite to be part of your rooted group. And remember, three times we meet in person, seven times we meet online, but you can do a group completely online. So if you have friends that are around the country, man, what a great opportunity to help them find meaning, purpose, and value for their lives. This week, I'm going to ask you to start praying about relatives. Relatives. How many of y'all have some relatives that need Jesus? (laughs) Right? If they don't need Jesus, they need the Holy Ghost. They 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 need something, right? So I want you to pray about relatives. Maybe close family members, maybe distant family members, but pray for relatives, people that you can have. And don't limit it to just those who are part of your generation. Might be somebody younger in your family that you can invite. So I want you to pray for relatives. So remember the list. We're praying for friends and we're praying for relatives. Now, next week, we're going to celebrate our church. It's not our church anniversary. We're just going to celebrate our church. And one of the groups that I want to celebrate are those who worked so hard over our 150th church anniversary celebration. We went through the whole year, had a tremendous, tremendous celebration. And you know what I realized? We were so excited about Rooted and Grounded, and we got so caught up in that on our church anniversary that we did not say thank you and celebrate those who gave leadership to the entire year-long celebration. So next week, we're going to celebrate. We're going to do something some of y'all have never seen or haven't experienced in a long time. We're going to do an afternoon service. Look at here. What? We're doing an afternoon church service, y'all. Three o'clock. Three o'clock. We're doing a three o'clock service. And it's not a service, it's actually a concert. It's actually a concert. We've invited some local churches to come and share and minister. And the Tommies are going to be here with us, the Thompson Community Singers. Now, some of y'all may not know the Tommies by name, but I promise you, you know what, next week, Elder, let's put a little commercial together so they can hear their songs. Because when you hear their songs, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that song. Oh, yeah. You, you know when you go to a concert and you, and you hear somebody and you know some of their songs, right? But then there's some stuff you sing. You're like, man, I didn't know they sang that. Oh, I didn't know they sang that. When you hear the music of the Thompson Community Singers, the Tommies out of Chicago, Illinois, you're going to hear uh, songs that really defined the faith of a generation. Uh, many who uh, listened to those songs, uh, that, was, that was God speaking to so many of us when we think about our walk with God and being encouraged by the word of God set to music. So we're looking forward to having them share with us on next Sunday afternoon. We're looking forward to that, all right? Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. We pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight. Have your way, Lord. 
It's in Jesus' name we ask that you would bless as your word goes forth, that we would hear from you, and in hearing from you, that we might live in a way that pleases you. It's in Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. So, there are certain things that I love watching on television. Um, I love Animal Planet. I love Nat Geo, Nat Geo Wild, right? And, and I love those real survival shows, like those real ones, not, not the ones that are on CBS, Survivor, you know. I, I love the ones when they out there like for real in nature. And I was watching this one show, um, I think it was called Surviving Alaska. And I was fascinated by this guy. This guy um, was hiking his way through a section of Alaska, making his way to a 37-acre tract of land that he had purchased. He was establishing a homestead on these 37 acres. Now, y'all, I don't know if I'm just becoming less courageous as I'm getting older or I'm getting smarter. But there were some things about this homestead that just kind of bothered me. First of all, it was a 37-acre track. That didn't bother me. But it was 150 miles from the nearest town. Not only was it 150 miles from the nearest town, Brother Davis, but it was 200 miles from the nearest medical facility. Now, maybe I'm just going to the doctor more now that I'm getting older, but that scared me, y'all. Like, I don't know about you. I want to live next door to the hospital if I can, right? I'm like, man, 150 miles from the nearest town, 200 miles from the nearest medical facility. And this guy was trekking through the wilderness on his way to his 37-acre homestead. As he's trekking, he is talking about his plan. He's talking about what he's going to build there. And he's noticing the weather changing and shifting. Everything that he has is in his backpack. He is hiking, making it to his 37-acre homestead. And then he starts talking about the weather changing. And he can tell there was a cold front coming through. And he was just about out of supplies. Now, I'm sitting there watching this saying, okay, hold on, brother. If you're just about out of supplies and you're just about out of food and you're 150 miles away from the nearest town, how are you going to make it? What we didn't know was that when he got to his homestead, that day, there was a delivery already scheduled. He had purchased supplies, including a tent, uh, including tools, including weapon, weapons, including food, and it was airlifted and dropped at a specific site on a specific day at a specific time. He knew tough times were coming, but he had prepared for them before he left on the journey. Everything he needed, he had already gotten ready. He just waited for it to be airdropped 
to a specific location. Somebody may ask the question, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm telling you that each one of us in life, we are going to have trying times. We are going to have difficult times. I don't care how holy you are. I don't care how righteous you are. I don't care how godly you are. You are going to have difficulties come up in life. The question is not, will you have them? The question is, how will you handle them when they come your way? Because it's in the midst of our trials, listen to me carefully, that we are most tempted to take things into our own hands and take things out of God's hand. Today, for a few moments in our preaching worth repeating, I made a little shift. I made some changes today, but I want to talk to you today from the thought how to survive trying times, how to survive trying times. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. For those of you who are watching, you can download our app, the Good Hope app, and you can access an outline there. Of course, you can go to our website, goodhope.org, and access an outline there. Now, in our text today, we see um, one of three times recorded in the Bible when the devil dialogues with somebody. Even though he's, he is present, evil is present, the adversary is present throughout the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, there are three times specifically, Dr. A. Lewis Patterson Jr. would point out, where the devil actually conversed and talked about what he wanted to see happen. First time was in Genesis with Eve when he took the form of the serpent and told her that, that if she ate of the forbidden fruit, she would not truly die. That the Lord had misled her and Adam. Uh, the second time that the devil conversed was when God initiated the conversation with the devil when the sons of God appeared. And you remember God said, have you checked out my servant Job after he asked the devil where you had come from? He said, I was walking to and fro. And he said, have you checked out my servant Job? I don't know about you, y'all. I'm a little concerned. I, I, I want to live right for God, but I don't necessarily want God to brag on me to the devil. You know what I mean? I, come on, I'm being honest. I know some of y'all are real holy. You say, oh, no, I want that. I don't want God bragging on me to the devil. I got enough issues with the devil. I don't need him getting God's permission to come at me with some other stuff. The third time that the devil converses is in our text today. Where the devil speaks to and converses with Jesus. Now here's what's interesting. The first time in Genesis, the devil wants to change a place. He not only wants to change a place in terms of our residency in heaven, but he also wants to change a place in terms of our communion and fellowship with God. The second time he speaks, he speaks to change a person. He says, God, let me at Job. And when I get through with him, he'll curse you. You've only received worship from him because you put a hedge of protection around him. He wanted to change his person. The third time he speaks, 
with Jesus in our text, he wants to change his purpose. And my brothers and sisters, there's something to be said about that this morning. Because when the devil comes at you, he wants to change either your place with God, your person in terms of your character, or your purpose in life. And temptations will challenge you to hold on to where you are who you are and what God wants you to do. I'm already preaching and some of y'all don't even realize it. So it's in our text today that the Lord teaches us how to survive trying times. I'm not going to get through all of these today. Let me just give you what I can. Here's the first thing. Number one, you need to realize you will never be exempted from tests and tribulations in life. You will never be exempted from tests and tribulations in life. Matthew chapter four, verse one. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. There's a misconception, a miseducation, a misleading misnomer, a misperception that has permeated the body of Christ. This suggestion that somehow if you follow Jesus, you won't have any tests, any trials, any tribulations. You won't have to deal with any temptations in life that somehow once you accept Jesus Christ as your savior and begin to follow him as your Lord that somehow God is going to give you a detour around difficulties. He's going to give you a pass from pain. He's going to give you an exemption from excruciating circumstances. And this text tells us there's nothing further from the truth. And the reason I know that is because Jesus went into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, y'all, listen, if Jesus couldn't get a pass, what makes you think you and I can get a pass? What makes you think that you and I can somehow be spiritual enough to have God say, oh, you know what, you're so good You don't have to go through anything in life. Your faith is not going to be tested. Your your spiritual fortitude is not going to be challenged. Everyone in life at one time or another will face challenges. There are no detours. There are no exceptions. There are no exemptions. There are no passes. Saved and unsaved, saint and sinner, men, women, boys and girls, Every one of us will face some difficulties in life. Wait a minute, let me call the roll even closer. Pastors and preachers, deacons and deaconesses, trustees, longtime members, all of us will face some challenges in life. And if they haven't come yet, keep on living. Now, you may look down the row and look around you, look in front of you, look behind you, and you may say in your ignorance, well, I don't know what they've gone through. That's just because they have covered their private pain in a way that you can't see it publicly. 
Is there anybody in here who's not ashamed to say you look better than what you're going through right now? Right? Jesus is led into the wilderness to experience what up to that point would be his toughest time in his adult ministry. Every one of us goes through those difficulties. Can I, let me give you four areas. Write these down somewhere. Four areas that our tests, our trials will typically hit us. Um, they'll show up in your head. And when I say your head, I'm talking about a troubled mind. Uh, the inability to rest. The inability to sleep. The inability to enjoy the Lord because your mind is troubled and sometimes your mind is troubled not by what you've done but by what other people have done sometimes you are bearing a weight and a burden for something that you have not created and the devil will attempt to trouble you consistently in your mind sometimes he'll hit you in your heart when I talk about your heart I'm talking about the center of your emotions I'm talking about feelings I'm talking about hurts that are inflicted by those on the outside that adversely affect you on the inside and how many of you know there's no hurt like the hurt you experience from somebody who's up close and personal sometimes the hurt uh, will hit you in your head. Sometimes it'll hit you in your heart. Sometimes you'll experience tough times in your health. In your health. Some of you are a little young. You might not have experienced this yet. But as you get older and your body begins to break down and it begins to succumb to age and disease and disabilities, um, you, you can't move like you used to do. And when you do get hurt, you don't recover like you used to recover. You, you start experiencing some things that you didn't experience before. And while the old folk would walk around and show you their pain, I don't know. They never really talked to me and prepared me for my pain. Sometimes you'll experience it not just in your head and your heart and your health, sometimes in your home. Uh, you can be all right, but folks who are in your home, folks who are part of your concentric circle of contact, disaster, or dysfunction can hit those who are in, in your immediate circle of contact and so the pain that you feel may not be your pain but you're living vicariously and experiencing the pain of somebody else that's close to you so God says tough times are going to come and here's what's interesting the Bible says Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I want you to look at that word tempted. It's an interesting word because it's a word that can be also translated test or scrutinize or examine. And it really has this idea of testing the quality of an item based on who is what on the inside, not just the appearance on the outside. Right. So we want to see what you're really, really made of. Uh, let me see if I can give you an example. Um, there's certain jewelry you buy that, you know, looks good. It's called costume jewelry. 
But you know you don't wear it in the shower and you know you sure not going to wear it on the beach when you get in the ocean or in the swimming pool. Because once it is tested by chlorine or tested by salt water, it will be scrutinized and we'll see what it's really worth. Have I got a witness in here anywhere? Now, here's what's interesting. What's the difference between being tested and being tempted? What's the difference between being tested and being tempted? The same word is translated differently depending on the context. If it's the devil, the devil will tempt you. If it's God, God will test you or try you. Now you say, wait a minute, what's the difference? The devil tempts you with the goal of destroying you. God tests you with the goal of developing you. Sometimes what you go through is a test from God intended to develop you, to show you, to reveal to you the areas you need to work on so you can continue to grow so one day you will be presented faultless before his throne with exceeding great joy. But sometimes the devil brings a temptation to destroy you, to destroy your testimony, to destroy your walk with God. Now you say, well, how do I know it's a test or it's a trial? Sometimes it's tied not to what you're going through, but the response to what you go through. See, if God sends a trial, that trial can become a temptation when you are tempted to respond in a way that does not glorify God. And when you respond in a way that is God glorifying, now what may have been meant to be a temptation can become a trial. Because God can take what was meant for evil and turn it around for your good. Can I get somebody to say amen there? So every one of us, I need you to know you are not exempt from trials in life. Look at John 16, 33. Let's read it together. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation but take heart I have overcome the world underline you will have tribulation it's coming y'all if it hasn't already come and if you're coming out of some you're probably on your way to some and you don't have to do anything tribulation will knock on your door you don't have to find it you don't have to look for it you don't have to search it and you don't have to cause it it will show up at your door. Here's the second thing we're talking about surviving trying times. Number two, you need to remember God loves you. If you're going to survive trying times, you need to remember God loves you. Listen, this is so fundamental, y'all. This is so fundamental. But I have discovered in life, even me, preacher of the gospel, been preaching over 40 years, have pastored four churches 
that if I'm not careful, I will forget and need to be reminded that God loves me. That his love for me didn't stop at Calvary. It started at Calvary. That his love for me didn't stop at salvation, but it walks with me even in my journey of sanctification. Watch what the text says. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. When? The text says then. When? Well, we can't find out what the then is there for until we go back to Matthew chapter 3. Look at verse 16. And Jesus, when he had been baptized, came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Y'all missed it. He says, this is my beloved son. I'm not mad at him. He has done everything I have asked him to do. He is on this journey to provide a bridge between a sinning earth and a saving heaven. I am well pleased with him. There's no pause between Matthew 3.17 and Matthew 4.1. The Bible says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness. It's almost as if God says, as you get ready to go into your wilderness experience, always remember I love you. Now somebody may ask the question, why is that important? Well, let me give you a couple of things. First of all, the text says he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. So God directed him there. Right? He didn't get there on his own and the devil was not in charge of his spiritual itinerary. The Lord, the Holy Ghost, led him into the, into the wilderness. What God does not keep you from, God can keep you through. He's led into the, into the wilderness by the spirit and the text says it's explicit to be tempted by the devil. Here is this test as Jesus gets ready to launch his earthly ministry. And it's the test of life. His time in the wilderness is coming. But watch this. His time in the wilderness is not for punishment. It's for the perfecting of God's purpose for his life. His purpose becomes crystal clear. As he goes through the perils of experiencing a wilderness test. 
God's purpose and intent for leading you into your wilderness will be misunderstood if you don't remember God loves you. See, here's the problem for many of us. We find ourselves in the wilderness. We find ourselves going through a test. And the first thing we start questioning is God's love for us. Because God, if you love me, I wouldn't have to go through this. God, if you love me, I wouldn't have these challenges. God, if you love me, I wouldn't have these difficulties. Woe is me. And please don't let me look at somebody else and see that they appear to be living a life footloose and fancy free. And they ain't even trying to follow God. And I'm over here trying to live right, trying to do right, trying to cuss less. I'm trying to do the right thing, Lord. And despite all of my efforts, I find myself going through this stuff. Lord, if you love the brother, if you love the sister, couldn't I get a detour around this? Why, Why I got to stay in this and why do I have to stay in this so long? And, and God says, just remember, I love you. Just remember, I love you. What an appropriate song. Thank you, Holy Spirit. What an appropriate song today that the voices of hope sang. He's preparing me for something that I can't handle right now. God is preparing you. Listen, God is getting you ready for what he's getting ready for you. Do you know something I've learned in life? I've learned nothing in the English language is good when you put the word premature in front of it. You put the word premature in front of it. I don't care what it is. The positive becomes negative when you put the word premature in front of it. And many times we want what we want before we're ready to handle what we want. Our desires are far ahead of our maturity. And God knows there's certain things that we can't handle until he gets us ready. Just because your child wants a car doesn't mean you go get them a car. Unless it's a matchbox or Hot Wheels or something. Right? Because they're not ready. They're not ready. And God says there's some things that you're not ready for. I understand you are asking for it. I understand you are praying for it, but you're not ready yet. And so here goes Jesus into the wilderness. But he has to remember that God loves him. See, if you don't remember that God loves you going in, you won't remember God loves you while you're going through. And what you'll end up doing, listen carefully, is praying for a premature deliverance out of what God has created for your development. You praying to my Lord, get me out. And God says, wait a minute, but I'm trying to get you ready. I'm trying to build you. I'm trying to strengthen you. Let me, let me put a cord in the meter and park here. I got a couple more minutes. Let me, let, me just, let me just share this with you. See, you've been praying, and watch this. Somebody you've been praying 
And God has been answering your prayers. He just hasn't answered them the way you wanted him to. You've been praying. Lord, give me peace. Lord, give me patience. And the Lord said, you want patience? I said, Lord said, okay, I'm going to give you patience. And then the Lord said, I'm going to make you wait. And he said, Lord, Lord, no, 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 Lord, I don't want to wait. I want patience. And the Lord says, no, but you don't understand. Patience is not delivered, it's developed. You want God to deliver patience and somehow you go to bed impatient and then wake up patient. Ooh, look at the Lord. The Lord done gave me patience. And the Lord says, no, no, no. I'm not delivering it. I got to develop it. Which means I got to make you wait. Because that's the only way you become patient, by waiting. And you say, well, how long am I going to have to wait until you develop patience? And he said, but Lord, I don't want to wait. The Lord said, but you wanted patience. God is trying to develop us. God is trying to prepare us. God is trying to get you ready for what he is getting ready for you. And here's what I need you to leave here today with. I need you to leave here knowing that the love of God does not guarantee you won't have trials or temptations. The love of God won't keep you from testing your life. But the love of God will keep you through the tests and trials that come into your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for uh, this object lesson of teaching us how to survive trying times. Help somebody today, God. To know, give them assurance to know there's nothing wrong with them or their relationship with you when tests and trials come their way. Remind them, God, that even Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted. And that they, if they are following you, will be tempted and tried. And help somebody today, God in the midst of their trials to know that you love them. Help them to know God. That your love for them has not diminished. That your love for them is not absent when the devil is present. That it is your love that keeps us in it and keeps us through it all we thank you God we pray now that everything everything God that has been done and said has been pleasing in your sight it's in Jesus name we pray amen come on give the Lord a hand of praise if you will everybody who can Everybody who will stand on your feet, those of you who are watching via the World Wide Web, those of you who are tuned in, I want to give you an opportunity as we give those who are in our presence physically 
give you an opportunity to make a commitment of Jesus Christ to your life. The QR code on the screen is a quick link and that QR code will give you an opportunity both online in the digital space but also in the sanctuary to become part of our church family as that QR code goes up just pull out your phone everybody everybody pull out your phone for me everybody pull out your phone and the reason I do this is because I don't want anybody to feel self-conscious about getting their phone like they the only ones getting their phone and everybody else is good right so everybody just point you whether you scan it or not just point you so nobody feels yeah nobody feels out of place and if you're home you can use your phone if you scan that QR code it'll take you to a quick link if you want Jesus Christ in your life just click on that link and I will pray the prayer of salvation with you to help you ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life if you are looking for a church home and that you believe this is where God wants you to be um, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination we're just on a journey helping other people experience the love of a God who loves us so much he loves you where you are but he loves you so much he doesn't want to leave you there he wants to make something beautiful out of your life if you're here today in the sanctuary we invite you to come right now don't wait don't tarry there are men and women who are here who are up front who would love to show you privately how to ask the Lord into your life we extend to you an opportunity to say yes to the Lord. If you're watching wherever you are in the world, I, I want you to not only know, we want you to be part of our church family in terms of membership, but we also want you to be with us in terms of discipleship. And we want to encourage you to sign up for a rooted and grounded group to register with us anywhere you are in the world so that we can help you to experience iron sharpening iron in a very real and tangible way all right as the voices of hope sing wherever you are to my left to my right upstairs or down come on and come right now I'll say yes, Lord, Lord yes to will and to your way I'll say yes Lord yes I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart i'll agree and my answer will be yes lord yes i'll say yes lord yes to your will and to your way oh i'll say yes lord yes i will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart i'll agree and my answer will be yes come on let's take it up one time everybody i'll say yes i'll say yes lord yes to your will and to your way i'll say yes lord yes I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart I look. You may be seated. 